Hey guys, this is Ducks in a Row. I don't have it all together and I don't always get it right, but this is the place where we turn to God's Word to help guide us through everyday life. Hey y'all, welcome back to Ducks in a Row. Here we are. I always say that, don't I? Here we are, because here we are. Um, Let's just jump right in get these ducks in a row. And I wanted to hop back in on the series that we were in talking about values and things that God honors. And this next one that I came across, honestly, I think I kind of knew it was there, but until I actually on purpose was seeking it out, as far as themes go in the Bible, I did not realize how much It is, especially in the New Testament. And I think a lot of the scripture I have today is in the New Testament. But the basis verse, kind of like the home verse in the subject is unity. And just how when we are united as a people, God honors that. Um, Romans 15, starting in verse 2, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And that verse is just so powerful. Uh, And there are so many. And I'm going to read a bunch of scripture and then we're going to just kind of talk about it. Philippians 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. And Acts 2 talks about how the the church was basically after Pentecost. um, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Property was sold and possessions were given to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Acts 4. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. 2 Corinthians 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And that scripture shows us that when we encourage one another, one another and we come together as one mind in agreement to love each other, support each other, lift each other up, 
you know, the Bible talks about the cloud of witnesses that spurs us on in Hebrews. But I believe our community here, those we choose to be united with here, there are quote unquote cloud of witnesses here. I mean, they, they're your true in the flesh cheerleaders that encourage you towards the Lord, that they point you towards the Lord. When you go left, they they take you gently by the hand and say, oh no, we're going to go right instead. We need that. We need that community. And the word community literally comes from common unity. That's what it is. Being united with fellow believers, coming together as believers of Jesus, putting down all selfish ambition and saying, I'm going to live this life and I need your help. I think it's the vulnerability of that. Being vulnerable with friends, being vulnerable with community and just being honest and saying, this is what we struggle with. This is where we're at. Um, My husband and I tend to be like that. And I don't say that in a braggy way. I'm just like, we cannot fake it to make it if you paid us to. Like we can't. Like we are just like, this is where we're at. This is what I'm struggling with. I cannot act like it's okay when it's not. And thankfully the Lord has given us a few friends um, that love him and they love us for our vulnerability and they help steer us to the truth in God's word. When doubt comes, when fear comes, when fr- frustration comes, frustration, we all need people who will point us to God's word. Because when we don't have that, we're kind of like a ship at sail with no captain. And it's just wherever the wind blows. And what more would the enemy want to get us all off course, all off track to where God has us to be? And when we get into these seasons of life where things happen and we don't understand why and we don't have answers, if you don't have those those friends to help you steer the ship of your heart, to help you steer the ship of your conscience, you will either end up way off track or shipwrecked. And I don't think that's where any of us want to be. So this theme of unity, of encouraging one another and being of one mind and sharing and being in one heart and meeting together and having dinner in homes, it's such a biblical principle. Um, I believe it's kind of like the tithe when you do these things, God just blesses it. I mean, his His hand is, is just on it. And we may have to go through, I don't want to say like go through some friends to find your people, but it's kind of like that, right? It's kind of, you may meet some people and it may not, you know, work out. Maybe um, you're in different life seasons. Maybe... They want to be friends, but maybe not for the long haul, maybe not through thick and through thin. Um, maybe they still have some issues to work out before they could commit to be there through all your vulnerability. Um, you know, life 
life is his wife, life be life. And, um, but I do believe finding those people that you can be united with, um, in the Lord is, would, is just so valuable that the Lord blesses it and he helps you and he guides you to that path to find those, to find those people. Just like the Bible says to ask, seek and knock, right? It's kind of that same thing. You may have to keep trying to find your community, keep trying to ask the Lord to send you a godly, godly couple, godly friends, um, people that will steer you to truth. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So praying for each other, finding friends that will literally set their own needs aside to pray for you and to go to the feet of the Father on your behalf, it's so life-changing. We know that Matthew 18 says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. John 13, 35 tells us that the world will know that we are of Jesus and in Jesus by the love we have for one another. And I think that state, just that sentence is so powerful. That means that the love that your community, the love and the unity that you have with fellow believers around you in maybe a small circle or maybe a bigger um, circle if you have a larger influence would be so abnormal. It would be so unworldly that that's how people would know that God is in your life by how much you all love each other in a pure, righteous way. And that just really blow it blows my mind because I do not know who that's rare. I don't know how many people are walking around saying God is with them and I can see it by the way they love others. But that's what the word tells us is the goal. People that would love each other so unconditionally without offense, without bitterness, without jealousy, without coveting, without comparing, without having to get ahead, you know, just truly taking the mask off and coming as you are and having people help you meet your needs and taking them on your behalf before the Lord. And I think gathering is so important corporately, you know, as a church. And I know there are people who are like, I have been hurt so bad by the church. And it's generally by people in the church, um, whether it was friends you made at church or someone who had some type of authority in a position at church. And then you were hurt by that person. And church hurt is a real thing. It is a very real, real thing. I think that's really hardly ever addressed ever because most people, when they experience church hurt, they just leave. So if they leave, it never really obviously gets resolved because they left. 
or if they tried to take it to whomever um, they were hurt by, it's not received well, then that person gets offended, which, you know, amplifies the hurt. Or, and then those people who have been church just don't go to church anymore, which is not, I, I don't believe that's God's will at all. I don't believe that's the heart of Jesus at all. Or those hurt people go to another church with an unresolved issue. And I know it's a big web of complications, but at the end of the day, I do not believe it is ever the heart of Jesus for us to be hurt in the church or by anyone with authority in the church. And I do believe that that could be handled in a much more Christ-like manner. And I, But I do believe if you have not been to church because you were hurt, I do not believe that that is the heart of the Father either. Um, I know it would be so scary to start all over and to try to trust again, but I do believe God will honor that and heal that hurt. So I say all of that to say, um, corporately being together is so important. There's something that God does because he says in his word, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So we know he's there. His presence is there. His spirit is there. And to be together in an environment where the name of Jesus is lifted up and it's just about him I, I believe he just moves in signs and wonders and heals. You know, he heals our hearts and our bodies. And uh, he can do so much when we open up our hearts and minds for that together as one. And I really think that's his hope. And not only on a Sunday, just in life, finding a, a, a people that you can be in union with in everyday life, you know, they have the saying that it takes a village. Like when you tell someone you're raising a kid or that you have kids, they're like, oh, it takes a village. And that is true. But I believe that saying is even more true for a growing, maturing disciple. It takes a village to get you through the valleys of life and keep your eyes locked on Jesus. You have to have someone come behind you and point your head up and say, no, we're not staying here. Like you're getting out. It takes a village to remind you when you have believed the lie of an enemy that allows you to quit or give up on something. It takes a village of people who believe in Jesus to remind you of the truth. It takes a village to get through a financial struggle and to still keep your hope in and in the truth that God will provide. You have to have people that will remind you of this because if you are by yourself, this is where the enemy will tell you so many lies and you are so more susceptible to believe them when you're alone. Because sometimes, and I, th I know if anyone's my age, which um, is so super young, by the way, um, you've been in this place where you've said something out loud in front of someone and been like, oh my God, that sounded so dumb and untrue when I just said it out loud. But when you ruminate on it in your mind and you don't get that out, one, you don't realize that it's a lie. And two, when you say it to someone else, they can look at you and be like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. 
And then you're like, that is kind of, that is kind of stupid. Like why, why have I been, been believing that for months or years or days or weeks? So it takes a village to come behind you and push you forward to keep growing in Jesus. And it, it does, it takes a village to get through all of the ups and downs in life and cling to your faith and to believe in the hope that God's going to work it out. Even when you don't see an answer, you have to have people that are around you that will support you in that. So I just want to encourage you today, if you are looking for godly community to have that common unity, keep praying. And I think we all just need to be reminded to give so much grace um, for people and encouraging and just forgiveness and just mercy and, you know, just not believing the worst assuming the worst in other people and their thoughts when we don't really know but we really have to be mature enough to believe the best in others and you know give it your all and if it doesn't work out because of times or schedules or seasons of life you know that's one thing but just choosing to believe the best in others and being okay with letting go And I just think God will bless that. We know it's in His will for us to have unity with each other that believe in Jesus because it's in His Word. And so if we keep praying that, I truly believe God will send people in our lives that will spur us on to grow in Him, to to mature more in Him, to have bigger faith for what He can do in our lives and in our hearts. And that's really the goal that's that's doing it y'all that's that's getting the ducks in a row so that's really just my prayer thank y'all so much for tuning in on this episode I do want to apologize again for the last episode I know the sounds were horrible um so I do apologize for that but it was just something fun we wanted to do to kind of um take a break from the same-o, same-o. But I hope this encourages you. I would highly recommend go back to the Bible, read these scriptures that we just breezed over, and the theme just comes out everywhere. Um, And just keep praying on it, guys, and let's just keep getting our ducks in a row. I'll see you next time.